Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Happy Monday. Thanks for tuning in to Benzinga's Daily Stocks to Watch podcast, a place where you can get at least a handful of trading ideas every day, every trading day. We're not doing this on the weekends to start your day. Today is Monday, March 27th, 2023. Mike O'Connor, let's bring him in. How was your weekend? It was a great weekend, Brenty. I hope you had a great weekend. I hope everyone, else, everyone out there had a great weekend. And I feel uh, ready to tackle the week. So Let's tackle the week. Back. Let's tackle it, man. Let's tackle the week with a good, get you started off with a good Sox watch list, get you a few ideas from major weekend news, get you a few ideas from things that could be happening later this week. We're going to start off with a quick preview of our list for the day, and then we're going to jump into each of these names a little bit further. The list, ladies and gentlemen, first one, Sock to Watch. First Citizens Bank Shares, FCNCA is the ticker, one of those five-letter tickers. Palantir Technologies, ticker PLTR, is our second stock to watch for this week. Number three is Activision Blizzard, ATVI. Stock to watch four is Seagate Technology, STX. And our last stock to watch for the day is Blade Air Mobility, it's ticker BLDE Blade. I'm assuming that ticker means uh, big news over the weekend that we're going to start off with our list here in First Citizens Bank shares. Mike, why don't you take this one and tell us what's what happened in the banking industry over the weekend? Yeah, let's do it. This is a, I would say definitely the biggest news that we've seen so far in the day in the in the weekend of First Citizens Bank shares, uh, pretty much purchasing all of the loans and assets of Silicon Valley Bank. So this is maybe not the end of the saga of the Silicon Valley Bank, <laughs> but could just be the next beginning. Who knows what's going to happen next? But this is First Citizens is as you know, announced an agreement uh, that they're substantially purchasing all, almost like as far as they're saying, uh, all the loans and assets of Silicon Valley Bank. Um, but <laughs> here's the interesting thing. Specific terms of the deal were not disclosed. Yeah, uh, but shares of First Citizens are up forty five percent now on the morning on okay. this news, which is massive. Uh, but it's very striking to me that they don't have terms released, so the price, et cetera. What What are your thoughts on that, Brent? Yeah, yeah, for sure, on? for sure. I wanted to ask first why it seems like you're surprised by the price action in First Citizens here this morning. Why are you surprised? Just just as a little way to get some more perspective. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm surprised that that shareholders are glad, or you know, maybe there's just people piling into First Citizens, uh, glad to take on all the risk. It seems like there's been uh, just a lot of of uh, brouhaha going on. Sure. Was the government going to help out? Was it this, or maybe maybe it's people in the startup world who are now investing in First Citizens because they know all their assets and things are moving over there. Interesting. That's a, that's a really interesting point. So. Uh, let's talk about the deal here really quickly. So in the press release that First Citizens issued, they said they will assume Silicon Valley Bridge Bank assets of $110 billion, deposits of $56 billion, and loans of $72 billion. So like, you know, this is a lot of assets here that First Citizens Bank shares is going to be taking control of. 
in the press release, as far as this press release went, maybe there was an SEC filing that came out that I missed. But as far as this press release goes from First Citizens, it doesn't tell you what First Citizens paid for that level of assets. All those, you know, hundreds of billions in dollars, it doesn't say what they paid for it. We talk about this quite often on the podcast when we get a deal, whether it's M&A or contract, and we don't see terms disclosed, it usually indicates that the company doing the uh, disclosure didn't see the value of the purchase or the contract as material enough to be forced to mention them for like regulation fair disclosure purposes. So if First Citizens is getting literally hundreds of billions in assets here and they didn't have to disclose a purchase price, maybe they are spending under, uh, you know, a few hundred million dollars to, to get this. So maybe that's related to some of the upside that we're seeing in the stock price here today. Maybe this is just plain and simple investors seeing a lot of assets that are going to be coming into First Citizens. And maybe they, maybe, you know, considering the stress that, um, Silicon Valley Bank was under, maybe they got quite a deal. Who knows? This could be the deal of the century. I mean, we've seen, you know, UBS was definitely uh, kicking up a bit after the Credit Suisse buyout, but uh, this seems to be a, an order of magnitude larger <laughs> of possibility here. Yeah, yeah, it, it, exactly. So, the, you know, I, I liked how you put it, Mike. You know, maybe this isn't the end of the saga. I, I definitely don't think this is the end of the saga here. Uh, you know, the saga is going to kind of go over to First Citizens. We're going to see how First Citizens does with these assets. And, you know, there are major banking industry implications here for this deal and what happened with Silicon Valley and what happened with Silvergate. This is definitely going to be something that is going to continue playing out. It's going to be interesting to watch play out. You know, obviously there's very real implications here for people's lives, but you know, this is going to be, this is going to be an interesting one to watch here moving forward. Stock to watch two is Palantir Technologies, PLTR. This one caught my attention here this morning because I saw some analysts at a pretty darn reputable research shop, William Blair, out with a bearish call on Palantir here this morning. There was a couple news items last night that got on uh, last week that got on the radar of William Blair analysts. Uh, a, a couple different sort of events. Palantir dealing with uh a couple contracts for its u.s air force the u.s air force space systems command there was one contract that was kind of split apart into like 15 other operators when it had just been palantir there was another contract that was announced last week where uh the the contract was uh just one provider and they kind of like split it up into different parts for palantir William Blair analysts using these couple events last week to get bearish a little bit more. They've, they were, they've been bearish on Palantir, but to highlight it again here this week, they're saying, quote, there is a risk that Palantir's uh, 8.5 times sales multiple could compress as competition pressures, revenue growth and profitability. They're kind of concerned with the way at least this government entity, the U S air force space systems command 
is like considering Palantir a contractor, they're seeing some potential concern here for the company and its investors. Palantir is a really uh, one that gets a lot of headlines as well because it's sort of in the defense industry, but it's not, you know, it's not one of the, the big durable right. goods like a Lockheed right. Martin or right. a General Dynamics. So it's the software defense industry seems to be more contested and more fractured. It's going to be definitely a stock to watch now and in the future, depending on what the defense department does and it's different things. It's such a, I think defense is a really interesting one, especially when it's projects that are software and can be changed at a moment's notice like this. Yep. And you're, you're a good source for us to hear some of this stuff from, cause you're, you're kind of like a, like a, a military head a little bit, right? I am a little bit. I used to invest in Palantir and uh, Lockheed and General Dynamics. I used to be more in that, into that sector, uh, but I still love keeping up to date with it. Stock to watch number three is Activision Blizzard, ticker ATVI. And this is a bit of a follow-up from, if you were listening, I think a week maybe, and a half, maybe two yeah, weeks ago. Yeah, two weeks, yeah. Yeah, we previewed that the new game from Blizzard, Diablo 4, would be coming out for some kind of early release uh, and reviews have been largely positive. And given the favorable reviews, analysts at Oppenheimer said, quote, that we see upside to our current estimates from Blizzard's potential to bring players new to Diablo franchise to D4. Yeah. So that would be a good sign if there's not only, you know, that legacy players of a franchise, but they're bringing in new players, they're creating new, um, new hype around it. And mm -hmm. I heard that you've been playing it too, Brendy. Is that correct? Yeah, I played it the first weekend for the early release beta, and then I played it a little bit just this last weekend was the open beta where you didn't have to pre-order. I had to pre-order the game to be able to play it a couple weekends ago. Um, and like last the, the first weekend, I was really like favorable on it. This weekend it was not quite as like sexy as it was a couple a couple weekends ago. But here's the thing. I'm I'm sort of a hardcore like Blizzard fan. I was playing StarCraft back in like the early the late 90s. I was playing, you know, the Warcrafts back in the 2000s and I definitely played Diablo 2, which was Diablo 4's big hit. And you know, Diablo 4 was like pretty good. It wasn't great for me as kind of like a hardcore user, but the uh comment that Oppenheimer had and here's what the like industry like people that are gamers reviews have been doing with diablo 4 basically saying this is blizzard's way to take a pretty niche genre uh in the action rpg it's called space and polish it and refine it and get people that haven't played an action rpg over to playing diablo 4 and so if you're a shareholder that definitely sounds like an attractive proposition, getting new people into a whole type of genre. They're going to they're gonna make some, some awesome sales from this thing. I think the Oppenheimer analysts were around 15 million units sold for Diablo 4. I don't have a ton of perspective for you to kind of push off of that number. Uh, I think that... You know, if you're like a hardcore fan of the of the genre, you're not going to be super excited about Diablo 4. But Blizzard has kind of consistently brought back to the gaming world games that were more niche. They've refined them and they've opened up, opened them up to a much larger audience like a World of Warcraft and the MMORPG industry. So I, I'm kind of like this is kind of, you know, an intriguing one for me because. 
I didn't like love the game, but I can see where it's definitely going to bring new people into the genre and, of course, into Activision Blizzard as a business. Stack to watch for folks is Seagate Technology STX. This is a play on what we're hearing to be some weaker pricing within the memory chip space. Uh, Western Digital Peer Micron is going to be reporting their quarterly results on Tuesday of this week when Micron reports or when Western Digital reports or when Seagate reports. These three companies are kind of your bread and butter in the memory space, and they all react to each other. Uh, on Monday, I saw that's today. I saw today uh, some commentary from analysts at Raymond James. They were cutting estimates on Micron ahead of that quarterly result this week, tomorrow, uh, given concerns related to gross margins and sales amid this weaker pricing environment for the memory space, thought if there was implications for Micron and Western Digital, there's definitely also going to be implications in this space for Seagate. And just to note, while we're getting results out of Micron tomorrow, we're not going to get results out of Western Digital or Seagate until like the end of April. So we're giving you hopefully a nice heads up here that if you know, you're looking for some exposure into the memory chip space, you're going to be able to get that as far as news catalysts go over like the next month or so. It's been interesting to watch both the memory and the, the, the semiconductor spaces where, you know, like, like we've talked about, there's been huge price pressure. There was so much demand and now seem, things seem to be a little more on the, the weak side. And it's you know, maybe a good sign in terms of inflation coming down a little bit, but maybe mm. not necessarily a short-term good sign for these companies. Interesting thought, Mike. Stock to watch number five is Blade Air Mobility, ticker BLDE. They were so close that they just had the A. Uh, <laughs> this, is a this is an air mobility company, specifically in the EVTL, which is the electric vehicle takeoff landing, which is like, like what a is that? Big drone that you sit in. It's like a helicopter, but it's an electric mini helicopter for like, I think, one to four people generally. Yeah. Um, and Jeffries is going to be, we actually just talked about Jeffries last hey. week. They're hosting their electric vehicle takeoff landing conference this week. I wish I could go to that. That sounds like it'd be a blast to go to. Uh, and Blade Air Mobility will be presenting from the event on Tuesday, tomorrow at 11 a.m. Eastern. And company execs could give material guidance or updates on the company's business. This is probably a great uh, conference to be watching if you're at all interested in the EVTL space, which could be, you know, this talk of very common kind of electric uh, helicopter taxis in big cities could be an easy way to um, be a little lighter on the environment, be faster around. So may, who knows, maybe we're going to see in the short future, kind of flying all over the place. You just hop in an Uber in the world and it flies you where you want to <laughs> go. Who knows? There's absolutely going to be other air mobility and electric vehicle companies that are presenting at this Jeffries EVTOL conference this week. I think the conference is just tomorrow. I would just Google search like Jeffries EVTOL conference, and I'm sure you can see a lot of the other presenters that are going to be there besides Blade Air Mobility. All right, folks, that is going to wrap it up for us today. To get your week kicked off here with Benzinga's Daily Sox Watch podcast, we'll be back tomorrow. 
with another edition right around market open time. Hope everyone has a good trading day. Good luck out there, folks. Happy Monday, everybody. Did you know nearly all stock price changes of 10% or more result from a single news headline? That's right. News headlines have a unique ability to drive stock prices up or down. These news catalysts create trading opportunities every day. All you need is a little help to reach out and take them. And if you're looking to grow your portfolio, it doesn't matter if your investment budget is small or big. An easy-to-read stream of news headlines will increase your opportunities to profit from price changes in the stock market, consolidate a knowledge-based investment strategy, and grow your portfolio. All you need is Benzinga Pro and its powerful news alerts, price tracking, and portfolio monitoring to make a positive change in your trading performance. We've already helped thousands of retail traders across the world, and they could not be happier. Increase your market knowledge, boost your exposure to big movers, and make informed trades before major price changes. The opportunities are all around you. Subscribe now! and we'll skyrocket your portfolio today.